Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, I am your host here, Dallas Montague. Today we have another wonderful guest with us joining us, Michelle Brown. Michelle, how are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain today. It's a beautiful day. And I want to to give you some time here. Today, we're going to talk about your book, My Life Isn't Perfect, But My Testimony Is. I don't look like what I have been through. And I can can say this is my story too, Michelle. I'm excited to hear a little bit about what you have to say. And our audience are full of expectation today as well. So I'm just going to give you the floor. You can share your story, share your testimony, a little bit about this book. Go ahead. Right. Okay. Yes. Um, my book really is about my life. Um, um, for the most part, I was born um, in the southern uh, part of the United States in North Carolina. And um, at the age of three, I lost my mom. And um, I didn't really understand what happened or anything like that. Um, but I, I lost her and I, through the years, I could realize like what, you know, it impacted me. And sometimes I didn't know exactly how uh, it impacted me. I just know it, that it impacted me. But it's like my grandmother raised me, my grandmother, and my grandfather, up, up until the age of 13, my grandmother was there. She passed away at thir- when I was 13. But I felt like she kind of shielded me from a lot of what was going on. Um, And then I say when I, after my grandfather, he continued to raise me up until I was 19 years old. Okay. Um, But where the story starts is how I was brought through all of that. I mean, it was a lot of, I could have been like in a foster home I could have been, you know, with my father, but, you know, it winded up being that I was blessed to be with my grandparents because I think they shielded me from a lot of what was going on or what could have happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I even often see like or hear stories about what has happened to other um, young people that did not fare as well as me. And they kept me and raised me into the church. And while I didn't totally understand everything back then, um, that is what kept me going because they had me, you know, based on what they taught me, I was able to rely on my faith and continue to pray. Um, while I didn't always practice what I learned in my younger years, I still prayed and um, 
I didn't like, you know, some people stray real far out away from what they were, the way they were raised. That didn't happen to me. I didn't, I didn't get into drugs or anything like that, you know, but at the same time, I was not following everything according to the way I was raised. So um, fast, fast forward to um, 20, um, I'm, no, I'm sorry, 1992, which was when I gave birth to my son. Um, that is when I really had to rely on my faith and pray and trust in God. Um, what happened is, um, well, let's talk about what happened to my mother. My mother, she died of heart failure at 21 years old. And so I was afraid to turn 21 because I thought I might have some kind of heart failure or something too. So when I got past 21 and realized that I was not diagnosed with any heart ailments, I thought, okay, I passed this. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm thinking I'm not susceptible to what my mother was susceptible to. And we didn't know like how she had heart failure, why she had it or anything like that. So I wounded up when I gave birth to my son, I was 24 years old. Um, I wound up going to the hospital and there were problems with my breathing. I didn't know why I thought it was related to pregnancy because I was getting closer to my uh, due date and everything. Actually I had surpassed my due date. Um, but I wanted to give him, they induced my labor. I gave birth to my son and, you know, I was like praying the whole time because I didn't know if I was going to make it because I was so out of breath. My heart was racing and no one tried to decipher as to why my heart was racing. So time went on. I had, like I said, I had my son, um, I stayed overnight. The next day they released me. But before they released me, I started coughing up blood. They didn't know. They didn't know why. No one tried to find out why. So I went home, the, like I said, the day after having my son. And overnight, I was really, really sick. And I was so sick, I didn't want to hold him. People were coming into my room asking, could they hold him? Could they look at him or whatever? And I was like, go ahead, and I will roll over and go back to sleep. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Pray to Jesus by Shea Valera is designed to teach you proven truth about how to make miracles happen in your life and the lives of others. While I suggest you read it in its entirety, real help can be found in each individual passage. We do not claim to be God. We do not claim to have any more power than the next person in the world, but our methods work. And if you have studied Christianity for a while and felt like there was more to it, here you go. Enjoy. Find your copy of Pray to Jesus on Amazon today. In times of personal trouble, is there someone you can go to in order to find some answers? How can you deal with the difficult people you encounter? How do you stay calm in a world that is filled with anxiety? Fearless in the Light takes you on an exciting journey revealing the answers to these questions by meditating on the 27th Psalm. In this powerful passage, King David is dealing with his inner fears with a myriad of external difficulties. Find your copy of Fearless in the Light on Amazon today.
the next morning, I, I really wasn't feeling well. And my mother-in-law was telling my husband, you, ne you need to take her back to the hospital. So when he took me back to the hospital, um, they were telling me that they needed to, they called it, they said intubate me. And I was afraid of tubes and that kind of thing. And I was fighting. I was like, no, 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 don't put tubes. And, I, and yeah, and at the same time, I was like having a hard time breathing. And I looked in the corner and I saw my husband crying. And when I saw him crying, I stopped fighting. And I was like, okay, do what you got to do. So they intubated me and I was in the hospital. Um, and there were days that, I don't even remember because they gave me so much medicine to, um, to help me, you know, how long were you in better. the hospital during this process? I'm, I want to say 15 days, but I don't remember how many days, because like I said, there were days that I don't even remember hmm. at all. Um, and it's my understanding. I wasn't in a coma or anything. It was just that, they gave me the drugs and I will go back to sleep, you know? And, um, so I do, I do know because it, it was April, it was early April or well, I'm, yeah, early, almost mid April that I went in. And I remember I was there through Easter because I was sitting there and I was crying because I was there by myself at Easter. It's for some reason, my husband couldn't show up that day. I think he might've had car problems or something. And I remember watching the Ten Commandments on TV. Um, but yeah, so, um, but what I do know is that I, like I said, I remembered what I was taught as far as having faith. And I was really scared during that time, but I was in a Catholic hospital. So every day, even though my, my, my um, denomination was not Catholic, I was like, well, you know, it's by my faith. Yeah. It's not by their faith, but it's by my faith. So I would have a priest come in every day almost to pray with me. And we would just pray. I couldn't talk because I had the tubes, in, but I was writing notes. And so as I got better, I would write more notes. And I'm like, okay, when I'm going to go home? When can I see my son? <laughs> you know, so I was almost every day, you know. And so eventually they did remove the tubes and they told me initially I had pneumonia, which they said I caught in the hospital. And then after they cleared the pneumonia, they found the heart disease. Wow. They said I had um, peripartum cardiomyopathy, which was what happens to some mothers when they're carrying children. Um, they didn't, they couldn't tell where the origin was from. Um, but I was overweight at the time, but I, I honestly don't think they were trying to put it on that, but I don't think it had anything to do with my size because my mother was not overweight and she, you know, had heart failure. Is this something so, that's, that's hereditary? Like that goes through the generations? I, I think, or? I think it is, no. um, because even while my brother didn't have the same condition, my younger brother also has heart ailments. <laughs> so I think it does kind of run in the family. Um, I think the difference between my mom and uh, me is that we have, we have more um, medical advances and everything. They knew more of what to do 
uh, for women. But at the same time, um, my primary care at the time had told me that there were people that had that same condition that she was treating and they didn't make it. Because wow. she used to ask me if I wanted to kind of talk to some of those patients to kind of let them know what I was doing because I was doing so much better than what they anticipated and so forth. So, How could you say that your faith carried you through this? So you said that you because were praying, I you knew, were talking with the priest. It carried me through because I knew I couldn't do it for myself. I knew that there was nothing that I could do while laying in that hospital bed other than just having faith. I could, I had no control, none, none. So it was like, I have no choice but to sit here and just rely on God. You know, there, I mean, we should be that way about a lot of things, but we feel like, and you know, our human side tells us, okay, well, I can handle this. Like for instance, um, Something as simple as, okay, I have a bill to pay. On the other token, you'd be like, well, I, I can handle this myself. I can go sell something. Like I might have, I might sell my shoes and I can get money and go yeah. pay for me something Just to eat. Fight you know, harder and then I can get through this. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, which I mean, which, you know, goes back to helping those who help themselves. Yeah. But the point is, that's just a simple example of something that you could have control over if you, uh, unless you're a homeless person, but that's just something you would, you could have control over. It's a difficult um, place to say, God, I am out of control. I give you control, you know, let exactly. your will be done. That's a difficult place to be a difficult prayer it, to pray. It is. It is yeah. because you think, you think you could rationalize all kinds of ways that you can handle certain situations yourself. And it's like, for me, I think the way I felt was, well, God, I give you the big things to handle. Mm -hmm. The smaller things that I feel is in my realm, I think I can handle. Yeah. And I'm learning, I've learned, no, you need to pray about everything. Yeah. Everything, even if it is small, you know. And it's also a, a lie that we can believe that, oh, it's too small for God. Like he has bigger problems to worry about. Why would yeah, I and I think that's thing? what I was like, wanting. No, yeah. like, be in communication with me all the time. Tell me about everything. Yeah. You know? yeah, and I think that's what I was going through, you know. And I still am guilty of that now. And I have to reel myself in and say, no, I need to pray about this. Yeah. Because even if it is something I can handle, guess what? I need to pray and get guidance and make sure that I'm making the right decision. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what led you, Michelle, to write this book? So you, you've experienced these, these traumatic things in your life and you, you decided to write a book. What led you into that? Well, I've always said I wanted to write a book, but, but you know, it was like, did I actually think that I was going to do it? No, <laughs> I guess I can write a book. I'm going to write a book. Yeah. And then one day it was like, I was talking to the fr a friend of mine and she was like, Michelle, you should go ahead and write that book. And um, I also had ran into one day I went, I was listening to a gospel station in the area and there was the, the radio um, host. She said, well, I'm going to be at the McDonald's at this location. Why don't you come by? And that particular day I didn't have to work. 
So I said, okay, I'm going to drive out there and I'm going to meet her. And at the time I had written, I had my first single out and, uh, and I was like, I took my CD to her and I was going to show it to her and I was hoping that she would play it on the radio. And we got to talking about writing a book and she was like, I know you got a story in you. And so I was like, okay, that's my confirmation. I'm going to write this book. And so that's what happened. I started writing and it took me, I, I guess, maybe a year or so. I would write some. And then I had my cousin who was in, she was my accountability partner because um, she had written books before too. And I mentioned to her, I wanted to write one. And so she would, every so often, she's like, did you write anything on your book? Okay, maybe you should allow X amount of time each day or mm-hmm. periodically to write. And so I kept doing it. And, I, you know, she helped me a great deal on that, you know. Um, moving forward and holding me accountable and, and, and giving me the confidence. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more yeah. about your music. You said that you have a single out. Do you have some other music as well? Yeah, I have. A, well, I'm hopefully, I'm hoping to work on something else soon, but yes, I have a single out and it's called who knew and it's on Amazon CD baby. Um, it's on quite a few um, platform, digital platforms. Um, and who knew is about, I was about to go into the hospital to have a procedure done. And I was really afraid because the doctor had said that there was a slight chance that when he performed the procedure that he could cut my heart. And so, but he said, I don't, you know, it's small, but I have to tell you. And then he said, if I cut your heart, I'm going to have to pull you into the OR to do open heart surgery. And I'd never had surgery done on my heart and I didn't want to have to. So I was really, I had a lot of anxiety. And so I started praying and I said, God, and I started writing that song. And I said, God, whenever I come out, after I recover, I'm going to finish this song. And so I finished writing the song. And then uh, about two years later, I went into the studio and recorded it. Wow. Medical problems are difficult. That is definitely a situation where you have to say, okay, Lord, you're in control. Just like we were saying a few minutes yeah. ago, that we have to give control to God because we're not operating. You know, we just have to pray for the surgeon or whoever, the doctor to have wisdom and guidance and yes. have some protection around you. Just a yes, quick story I mean- for you, Michelle. Um, I'm living here in Brazil as a missionary a few weeks ago my appendix was rupturing and I had to rush to the hospital in a foreign country. I barely speak Portuguese here. And so I was there alone in the hospital trying to understand what's happening. And I just had to sit back and say, okay, God, you're in control because I can't talk to the doctor. I can't talk to the surgeon. I can't talk to the nurse. I just have to believe that they're going to take care of me and everything's going to work out. And thankfully it did. And, and God is good. It's a testimony there. But I can I can see what you're saying, this uncertainty, this unknowing situation that happens in a person's life. Yeah. D- did you have something else to comment with this? I have another question for you, if you don't. I'll go ahead with your question. What would you say to someone who's listening today, who's in this place? Maybe they're in, they have cancer and they have to regularly go to the doctor's office or someone who, who can experience or face something in the future. What would be your advice to this person? Well, first of all, um, that's a hard question for me. And I'm going to say why. 
with cancer. Well, nowadays, a lot of cancers, um, if they catch them early enough, it's not considered a death sentence, right? But sometimes with cancer, it's not the same as what type of condition that I have. Yeah. But the, um, so it's kind of hard for me to speak on, okay, because it's, it's a hard thing to kind of say, oh, well, just, just pray about it. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. But what I can say is that you would definitely, it's okay if you're afraid. That's the first thing. It's okay. Because I, I mean, I still have fear and anxiety sometimes. And that's the human side of us. But what I do believe is that if you have that faith, have faith that everything is going to be okay. And it's okay to call on someone to pray in the gap for you and to help you to pray. And a lot of times I just ask God, I'll say, God, like I'll, I'll try to not dwell on the negative. And sometimes I'll just break down and I'll start crying. And I'll say, God, you got to help me. I need your help because I can't handle this. I mean, not just from a standpoint of can't handle my crisis, but from a standpoint of I can't handle the feeling, the emotions, because I'm afraid and I'm trying to rest in the fact that you're going to take care of me. So that's what I have to say. It's okay to be afraid and you just, just try to be as positive as you can. Do all everything that you can do that's in your control. Like if you if you have to change the way you eat, change some of the habits that you have that could cause your situation to be worse. Um, But for the most part, you have to rely on God and have a and hopefully have a support system, even if it's one person that can stand in the gap and pray for you and to continue to have you on their prayer radar that's you know because for me when i was first diagnosed family members was like i got you on our prayer list i don't know how many prayer lists i was on but i know i was on a folks prayer list yeah and i want to talk about your son growing up as well seeing you relying on god through a difficult time like this how did that impact his life growing up if you could say um well my son he's pretty quiet um so and i've talked to him and asked him about god and he doesn't have a lot to say um but i know that he trusts in he trusts in his mom and i tell him all the time you have to trust in god you know so um i don't know where he stands on that to be honest but my son is an adult you know but I tell you what, he hears me praying around here. Yeah. So it's got to impact him. That's it. And, I, and I'm praying. always telling keep him. Praying. Yes. And, and I, he knows I, I sing gospel music and he hears that in the car and he hears the preaching mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm playing in the car. So I know that's got to impact him in some way because, you know, I was raised that way and it impacted me. I mean, even if he, it, I don't know, it's his walk. So I don't know how long it would take him to decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. So I'm outwardly say that I am following Christ. 
I feel like if I'm walking in the way that I should be walking, he's going to remember one day, this is what my mom did. And this is what I think maybe I need to do. But it's a big influence. Yeah. It's, it's, exactly. it's amazing. This is, I was exactly. telling you a little bit before the episode that my wife and I have been preaching in a lot of churches lately here in Brazil. And our main message over the last three years has been, if you're, if you're a believer, if you're at church, if you are following God, you have a mission. It's not just the missionary. It's not just the pastor. Every believer right. has a mission to present God to the people around them. You are responsible to be that light in your home, even if your children or your husband are not yet. And that's right. a big thing. Like we are called to be a representation of Jesus. And how right. do we do that? And so I think what you're doing is perfect. Continuing to to go on the way that you're called to go and he'll hear the songs. He'll see you praying, hear you worshiping and things like this. And and hopefully when it counts, he'll remember that. Like you said, that my mom used to do this and this is the way she got through this trauma or this difficult time. And I think that's wonderful, Michelle. Exactly. And then for the most part, what I can say is that God has blessed me with him because I've not had a moment's trouble out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have to worry about him hanging out in the streets or I call him an old soul all the time mm-hmm. because he doesn't he doesn't go out and hang out in the clubs. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't do that kind of thing. Praise you God. know, Praise <laughs> God. even and even when he goes out with his friends, he goes to the movies and he's usually back home before midnight, you know. And, and so I'm thankful to that, you know, and he's always helping, you know, um, even when I used my my brother used to live here with us and he's autistic. My son was the one to help me take care of him. Yeah. Well, we'll be praying for your son as well, Michelle. And Thank is there anything else that you can tell us about this book? Yeah. Um, oh, let me get, I got a copy right here. Yeah, there are, I have a lot of testimonies in here. Um, but the main one is definitely um, about what happened to me after I gave birth to my son and, and the challenges that I've had with our ailments since then. Um, But I'm here and I'm standing, you know, and, um, but um, this book can be found on uh, Amazon. Um, It's in the ebook format as well as print version. Um, And if you can follow me on Instagram at Michelle B gospel, Um, my Facebook page is um, HTTP facebook.com michelle b gospel twitter account is at michelle i mean at gospel michelle and um that's about it with all my uh social media social media media platforms below i just want to say for our audience you can find the link of this book you can find some of her links as well below underneath our episode here today michelle thank you so much for your time i'm blessed by your time here today Um, If there's anything else that you want to say, if you could leave our audience with one overall message, what do you think that would be today? Um, That scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, about trusting in God, trusting the Lord uh, with all your heart, and and lean not into your own understanding. 
and all his ways direct your path. All all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Yeah. Keep following. Keep following. Keep following. Trust him. Even when times are uncertain, even when things don't make sense, just like what you said today, Michelle. Thank you so much for your time. If I can have you end our time together with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Okay. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you as humble as we know how. God, we know or help us to realize, even if we don't know, that we are not in control and that we need to rely on you. God, help us in our uh, in our happiness and our sadness, help us realize that we always need to have a conversation with you, not only in the bad times, but in the good times as well. Father God, we pray for the world. We pray for all the leaders, all the political leaders, that they are guided in the right direction according to your will. Father, we pray that every, t- every household is touched by by your grace and by the blessings that you bestowed upon us. Lord Jesus, I pray that my story will help others and, 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 get, and you get the glory and that they will be able to um, lean more into you and not so much into themselves. These prayers I ask in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.